All right, welcome to the new episode of The Blue Collar Musician. As always, I'm Brett Cohen. You can find me at brettcohenmusic.com and all the social medias at brettcohenmusic. Really excited for today's show. Today I'm joined by Sarah Jessica Rhodes. And uh, she's Hi. really a, a renaissance woman here in Vegas. Her and I have been friends for a number of years now. <laughs> uh, she sings in a country band, sings and dances and Raining the Rock Vault, one of the most popular shows in Vegas that feature a lot of the biggest stars in music over the last 30 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, she gets to sing with Terry Bradshaw, NFL <laughs> legend Terry Bradshaw. Yeah. Four Super Bowl ring Terry Bradshaw, I might add. A lot of people talked about Joe Montana having four with Tom Brady going for the new one. Yeah. Terry has four too. Yeah. Kind of hard to beat that. On top of that, she has a very successful career as a Taylor Swift impersonator. She even spent some time in the Country Superstar show that I produced and uh, was a musical director for. I should say co-produced. I don't want to get in any trouble, you know. <laughs> anyway. Produced. <laughs> but she's done so much stuff in, in <laughs> Vegas, and I'm sure so much stuff before. I know originally you're, you're from Texas. Is yeah. That yeah. Yeah. So uh, at what point did you know you wanted to be a singer and an entertainer? Was there one defining moment? Uh, well, I think... That's probably a two-part series. Um, the first time I think we really thought about it was when I was in fifth grade. My mm-hmm. fifth grade teacher was a actor of sorts. Okay. And to me as a fifth grader, I think I was 10 years old at the time, They, uh, for him to be an actor at all just like blew my mind. Because sure. I was a kid that always wanted to do like a million different things. Like, I'm going to be a grocery... And like crazy stuff like I'm right. gonna be a grocery store clerk and I'm gonna sure. be the mailman and you know right. like play teacher and all that stuff and I just was always pretending to be a million different things but to see my teacher was an actor and I mm-hmm. um he had done a few things you know and he would tell us about the stuff and I was like wow people can really do this right so I there was actually a point where we had to fill out like this stupid fifth grade form and I was like right. occupation what do you want to be when you grow up and I wrote <laughs> actor and I remember in that moment deciding like I want to be an actor. Well, that's cool. That, yeah. That's awesome. So, and then, you know, and then as you get older, you kind of like let go of those, you know, why well, I always actually maintained that dream the rest of my life. Sure. And um, I got smart and decided, you know, kind of, I don't know, towards going to college, you know, your mm-hmm. parents encourage you to do something sensible. And right. um, I was going to be a fashion designer. Like, that's any better. Well, <laughs> Another but, tough profession, sure. Right, but then I got um, like pretty much a full ride to college off of you know singing, dancing, and acting. And my parents were like, oh, yeah, you should totally do this. So, <laughs> there you go. That's what it takes right, So sometimes. between those two things, and I was like, oh, I really can do it. I really have, you know, it's one thing to want to do it, and then it's another thing to like realize you have the ability to do it. Right, sure, and yeah. That was kind of life-changing. So from there on well, out, yeah. I've been like hardcore like the rest of the time. So yeah. Very cool. So that was pretty early on then. Yeah, defining moment, idea. I would say, I was yeah. 10 years old. I had done one play at that point, and I really liked it. And, yeah. So, okay. I'd say 10 years old. Well, how did you get into uh, to singing? What was your first gig as a, as a singer? <laughs> well, my mom was the church pianist. And okay. so I've been singing pretty much since I could talk. And she had me up in the front of the church. There's recordings of me when I'm like three years old. Wow. You know, at, at church, singing Jesus Loves Me. And sure. I think they're just like audio recordings because no one did video back then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I've always been singing, like, and just the professional part, it kind of just came along with being an actor, you know. Sure, I, I could see I grew that. up doing musicals, and that's kind of how I got my start was doing musicals. So, uh, yeah, it was just kind of part of the thing. So. Okay. So you'd done the church thing, and you had done the um, musical theater thing before joining a band or, or anything yeah, like that? Yeah, okay. that was all. Musical theater was life. Until wow. I moved to Vegas, actually. Really? So, mm-hmm. That's cool. And when did you move out to Vegas? 
I moved here in 2007. Okay. Yeah. Summer of 2007. It was crazy. You know, it's the end of August. Oh, stupid God. hot outside. Yeah, yeah. And trying to move into a second floor apartment. <laughs> Just dying. But sure. uh, yeah. So I've been here. Moved here from doing um, a musical, actually. So okay. I mean, I'd done musicals full time until that point. Right. And then what did bring you out here to Vegas? A whim. Okay. <laughs> we were. Um, so it was my boyfriend at the time. He's my husband now. But we were. Uh, we had just finished a summer stock contract. Okay. Do you know about summer stock? Um, no. I was going to ask you to follow up on that. Go ahead and, and jump into that now. Yeah, it's um, it's uh, we call it summer stock in the business. It's uh, just I don't you know actually I don't know why we call it summer stock other than it happens in the summer. Okay, well that's a good reason. Yeah, I don't know what the whole stock thing is, but uh, they yeah, it's just a summer job basically. So because okay. a lot of theaters are regional theaters are only open for the summers. And they'll do, you know, anywhere from one show to four shows, five shows, um, depending on what kind of theater they are. So we had just completed a summer contract okay. in a theater in Montana. And our oh. friend was there and was he was coming to Vegas to be a screenwriter. He had gotten, mm. um, yeah, he'd gotten in the UNLV into their master's program, okay, full ride. Like, he was so excited. And he was like, why don't you guys come with me? Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, shout out to Scott McGee. Yeah, uh, the reason well, I'm in Vegas. Awesome. Yeah, so he came out and we just the three of us moved in together and just okay. like started a little, you know, just a little life. You know, we didn't have a job. I had a job teaching dance. And okay. I think I made like three hundred dollars a week. Right. Like, but that was enough. You know, well, Vegas sure, yeah. is great like that. So. Yeah. Um, it's true. Yeah, so that's we just kind of came and like mm, we'll do something and right. My husband's a sound guy. Right. And he started working at like a jazz club. For okay. like the first little bit. And then when t- for too long he got snapped up like this right. from shows. So, yeah. And then it's just been ever since. Right. Well, let that be a lesson to you, people. If you're an actor or actress <laughs> or a singer or a screenwriter or a, uh, a sound guy, Vegas might be a place you want to check out if you want to be a full-time pro. Not mm-hmm. too many of you, though, because we still need work. We can't right. have you guys taking all the jobs. But Don't flood. Um, exactly. But this is a great <laughs> place to go. For anything in the creative field, and, and you know, I came from California, everyone's always associated LA and Hollywood with all this creativity. Mm-hmm. Problem is it's too bogged down with uh, aspiring pros and amateurs for the real people who are very serious about it to rise to the top and, mm-hmm. and to be able to get these really good gigs. Because of the overpopulation, everyone wants you to do everything for free. So uh, coming to Vegas, they yeah, pay for exposure for or something. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. I'm so, so this sick is of hearing a, that. No, I know. <laughs> Okay, so you first came to Vegas, and, and you're teaching dance, mm-hmm. and doing all these things. What was the first singing gig you got here in Vegas, and, and how did you get that? Well, I found an agency pretty quickly here okay. that I uh, started working with, and uh, Steve Byer Talent Agency, and they were really nice to me, and just really, I don't know, took me under their wing there, and Very they cool. they started just you know giving me just random weird gigs, which I loved because I right. got a lot of really great experiences, a lot of great sure. stories. But they they gave me my first official singing job. Um, it's probably about eight months into living here is when I okay. really got a solid show, and that right. was a lounge show out of all things. Okay. But this uh, particular band that was the house band and the thing, uh, they'd been the house band for I think six years at this point. They decided they wanted to add dancers, so had a little audition, cool. and it was through this agency, and they ended up hiring me. But I could also sing, so right. they had they wanted like a female presence singing, so they stepped in and like had me. I would come up and just sing like, you know, I kissed a girl or 
Right. So I only sang, I think, two songs a night. But okay. um, it was something, you know. So, sure. I mean, that was my first, like, full-time singing gig, if you want to call okay. it that. But I had done... I still wasn't doing... That was my first band work, too. Mm. So I'd done, like, just little gigs, like impersonator gigs here and there up until that. And princess parties and right. stuff like that. But, yeah, that band really kind of paved the way for me because it was a rock band. Okay, well, that's great, yeah. <laughs> and I just I feel like every job I've gotten here, I've always come back to doing rock again. Sure. It's like rock and roll is home. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, along, along the thinking of rock and roll mm-hmm. and being home... You're in Raining the Rock Vault, which, mm-hmm. uh, what an amazing show. I mean, you get to share the stage every night with Doug Aldridge from White Snake and, and Paul Shortino from Quiet Riot, mm-hmm. Andrew Freeman from Offspring. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it goes on and on. Uh, like keyboard players from Bon Jovi or something? Or That's the bass player. Bass player from Bon Jovi. Yeah. And uh, just tell us about that. Tell us what the show is for people who have never seen it. And... Uh, how did you get that gig? That's a sweet gig. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, well, I got it the old fashioned way. I went to mm. an audition when they first opened and they had actors in the show and okay. I auditioned as an actor and they, it's, it's, it's a wild ride. Like it's rock and roll through and through, but this, the show was originally a rock concert basically played by a super band that's right. full of, you know, all these actual rock stars playing the actual music, but they wanted to showcase the history behind the music. So they Makes had sense, actors yeah. coming out talking about, so we went through the decades basically. Like, so it started out kind of, you know, like the flower power hippie, free okay. love. And then it went into the Vietnam War. Mm. And then, you know, here's like this kid, you know, she's pregnant and her guy goes off to Vietnam and she's still a hippie. And then the kind of things move on and they go into the 80s and the power suits and the businessman right. and the drugs and... You know, it just kind of goes from there, and just I mean, the show kind of caps off, you know, in the early '90s. So right. they just cover that gamut of rock and roll, but um, rock and roll, rock right. and roll is a show that closed. Mm. <laughs> Sorry, that they, um, yeah. So I, yeah, I just auditioned for, it and I didn't get it the first time. Really? No, they were open, I think, six months, and um, you know, the girl that I ended up replacing left the show. Okay. Um, well, her boyfriend had also left. She was uh, dating one of the rock stars. Okay. <laughs> and uh, so they didn't know the girl, and so I, I got hired. They still had me on file from That's great. six months ago, and they called me back in for like a recap, and there it was. And I just I couldn't believe how awesome it was. I was oh, like, yeah. what? And they were so nice and just so cool. But the first day of rehearsal, we were on our first day on stage of rehearsal. I was so mm-hmm. excited and I was like so nervous to like really impress these guys. Oh, I'm sure. So I'm wearing my heels because you know this last number of the show we were all in heels and I've been dancing in heels for so long. Like right. I know how to dance in heels and we weren't even dancing. We were jumping off this little platform. It was about that tile. Okay. And I'm jumped off and I just rolled my ankle like oh. nobody's business. Like you heard it snap and I thought. And it was my first day of rehearsal, and I thought, oh, my God, oh. I broke my ankle. They're going to fire me. Sure. I'm out. And they were so sweet. And Paul Shortino comes up, and he's like, oh. And he's, like, taking my shoe off and, like, petting my ankle. Right. Because he thinks that's going to help it. <laughs> and he's like, I'm so sorry. And he picks me up and carries right. me outside. So I was like, you're going to break your back carrying me right now. <laughs> but... It, you know, and it hurt so bad, but you know what I did? I got up and walked. Like, I wasn't wow. about to let anyone know how bad it really was. Well, but, yeah, the first day on the job, you know, yeah. no one wants anything like that to happen. But they didn't fire me. Like, it's, but it's just been, it's funny. Like, 
you ask what it is working with them, it's a, it's hysterical because they're all just normal right. guys, you know. And sure. you know, like you know, you're a musician. You right. know how musicians are. All musicians are the same. Pretty much. <laughs> it doesn't. Yeah. Doesn't change all that much. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's been really funny. But the cool thing about them is that you, like you really see why they're rock stars. Like, right. You see their work ethic and how professional they are and um, their techniques and like just the way they are as human beings. Like you see why they are still working. Right. Working rockers. Like the attitudes aren't there. The ego's right. not there. It's really impressive actually. Oh, sure. And that, that's one thing we talk about, about on this channel is having the proper attitude and, and work yeah. ethic. And again, you can see it pays off the, at the highest levels as well as the lowest levels and everywhere in between. Yeah. I mean, because nobody wants to work with a jerk. Right. So, and and there have been, you know, I'll say there have been issues in Rating the mm -hmm. Rock Vault with attitudes, and they've been squashed immediately. Those people have wow. either been let go or, you know, just, you know, actions been taken to fix the problems. But, you know, it just it does not fly. And it's just like any show environment, any band environment, like those attitudes hmm. just stink and nobody likes them. And those people yeah. weed themselves out. It's so true. It really is. And you see it happen, right? Uh, unfortunately, yeah, I see it happen to good people that that have uh, substance problems too. You know, and it creates attitude problems and reliability issues and mm -hmm. right. you know, all sorts of stuff. Yeah, but they're funny. You know, these guys. You know, for instance, Paul Shortino. We keep I keep talking about him, but he, you know, he's got tattoos on his ass, and one one side says "bad," I believe, and one says "boy." Hmm. And he will just pull his pants down backstage <laughs> and be like, hey, girls. And she'll just... Oh, man. But he loves it. You know, he loves the attention. And, well, sure. You know, he, but he does it just to make us laugh. But so the show's evolved a lot was where I was kind of going with that. So yeah. they've they decided they wanted to add dancers at, at one point. So I kind of started dancing in the show. Well, they knew I already okay. was a dancer. So and right. that's the great thing about it being a rock. I mean, it's just incredible how this happens but they're like hey you're a dancer why don't you add some dance to the show right and i was you know oh you want me to choreograph it <laughs> <laughs> yeah do what you want seriously in this like huge rock show i'm like okay so they hired an extra dancer and here i am finding myself as a choreographer and then p.s we need costumes so right guess who's doing that and because <laughs> the guys all do their own costumes for, right. which is different than any other vegas show you know everyone in other shows, the costumes are provided for you. So the guys wear whatever they want to wear. We get to wear whatever we want to wear, you know. But, you know, dancers obviously need to match. So it's... Yeah, it makes sense. I've really gotten into costuming. Well, that's cool. It's really fun. <laughs> Just another uh, tool in your toolbox. Yeah, you right. Know? So now we have... Uh, we're reopening on March 11th at the Hard Rock. Okay, very yeah, cool. So that's going to be exciting. Yeah, we're looking forward to seeing that. I actually have not gotten to see the show myself. I've seen clips of the show many times. I thought you saw it a long time ago. No, I've not actually okay. gone and seen it in person yet. Sometimes it takes me a while to get around to seeing things in well, their entirety. Well, you're always working, so... Right, right, and, that, and that's part of the issue. Yeah, but, it's hard to go see a show when you're working yourself every night. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, March, I'll get in there and I'll check it out. Yeah, but lots of crazy stories with those guys. They're just really nice people and, you know... Always backstage shenanigans with them. Right. Yeah. So funny. <laughs> it's very cool. Yeah. So switching gears a little bit, but still talking about shows. Tell us about this Terry Bradshaw show. Now, now you sing in this show, yeah. and uh, we also have a, a mutual friend, uh, Amanda Avila, who's mm -hmm. going to be on the channel, who is also in this show. And I have not seen any clips of this show or anything. All I know is there's <laughs> Terry Bradshaw and a bunch of female singers and, and dancers, presumably. Tell us what the show is. What, what happens? <laughs> it's... 
Terry decided he wanted to do a show about his life. And okay. I mean, anyone that sees Terry or has seen him on TV, you know he's a great storyteller. Oh, and yeah. just an entertaining guy. And so this was a perfect fit for him. He, yeah, so they created this show for him. Originally, it was going to go on Broadway, and they ended up nixing that idea for whatever reason. But right. there's a script and hmm. all kinds of stuff. But he, it's basically him telling the stories of his life. Okay. Like, starting when he was a kid, because he grew up dirt poor. Hmm. And... You know, just how he got into playing football, how he became a star, you know, what he did with his money when he first got it. It's really, I mean, he took care of his mama. It was really sweet, Mm. you know. He did all the right things. But he's just full of stories and full of stories about football. And people want to hear those stories. Oh, yeah. But, so Terry tells him, but Terry also wants to sing because Mm. he just wanted to sing. And actually, he's a pretty good singer, actually, you know. That's good. He's, you know, like the old school... I don't know, like Hank Williams Sr. Like that's oh, okay. Oh, very cool. Kind of how I would describe his voice. So, right. um, but he needed some backup singers, so they hired four girls to uh, stand behind him, and okay, we would do four part harmonies, and just it's all original music in the show. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, very cool. Right? Yeah. He wanted, and there's well, there's ex- with the exception of one song. So the girls will come out for what we call halftime. Okay. <laughs> and uh, do our own song. But, and we would do uh, different, we, we tried Peace of My Heart, we did another song, okay. another, we did a really cool version of a song called Woman. Okay. W-O-M-A-N, really neat song, but yeah, so the, he breaks the show up in fourth quarter, four quarters, and so there's okay. that a makes little halftime sense. show, yeah. and yeah, it's, it's super cute, and people just, people go crazy for it. They just love it, and there's a little question and answer section where the audience oh, wow. gets to talk to him. So yeah, he just, he'll tell us stories, and then he'll just go into a song. Right. It kind of relates to one of the stories, and there we are, backup for him. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, really. And you fun. guys looks like you guys have traveled the world. I mean, in the country. Okay. Yeah, we haven't gone overseas, but yeah. So yeah, well, the show's been on a break for a little bit now, but right. Hopefully, it'll come back. Yeah. So. And and how did you land that gig? How'd you get in on that? Same way auditions. I just I go to every audition there is. I mean, okay. Like whether I need to or not, I go to them. Right. No, it's never a bad idea. Let me ask you, how do you find these auditions? Because I'd love to go out to, to more of these things for musicians. Even I have a hard time finding the audition part of it. If you're looking for a show mm-hmm. like that, there there's a website called VegasAuditions.com. Okay. And you pay for it. I think it's 60 bucks a year or something like that. It's reasonable. Totally reasonable. Yeah. And um, yeah, every audition for every single thing that's like legitimate, at least, is posted on that. Because a lot of people try to look at Craigslist, and it's just like scam right. after scam after scam. Yeah, I did a video about that, actually. Yeah. But again, I do stress there is some good stuff on there, but you do have to filter through all the scams right. and the nonsense. And I think especially for musicians, there's probably right. more legit stuff. I would think so. If you're looking at dancers, models, things like that, there's stuff that nothing legitimate. To. Okay, I'm not going to say nothing legitimate, but I I found a, a couple of legitimate things with the I mostly ended up being wild goose chases. Right, You right. know, it, like shows that never actually happened. Just, you know, you kind of get into a tangled mess. So the great thing about VegasAuditions.com is that if someone's posting on it, they have to pay to post on it. I think it's $100. Okay, so So there's a reliability factor there. Like, to put that money on, you know. And sometimes there's stupid stuff gets posted on there, too. But Sure. um, I sent you a screenshot one day of a band submission. Yes, yes. Yeah. I saw that. So. (laughs) Um, I need to sign up for the site. I haven't signed up for the site. But let that be uh, a lesson to you out there. That's uh, you said Vegas auditions. We're here in Vegas. Mm-hmm. Try going on Google, 
or whatever. I mean, everyone pretty much uses Google. And type in your city and auditions and see what comes up. Maybe there's right. a website for your city or a major city if you live in there's another a great, small town. You know? There's another great website called Backstage.com. And, okay. Um, they, I don't, you know, it's worth going to look at. So what you can do on the Backstage.com is you can see previews of everything that you want to mm. look at. And you can search by city. That's the entire country. Um, you can search the entire city or the entire country and... Uh, you can type keywords like if you're looking for musician, there's genres. Okay. So uh, that one costs a little bit more. It's like twelve or thirteen dollars a month. Okay. So uh, you can buy a year subscription for a little bit cheaper. But I use that one as well. Okay. Um, so that's a good one for people all over. But I, you know, for Vegas, Vegas auditions. Right. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Okay, Taylor Swift. <laughs> I know, right? Tell us about this. How did you get into doing Taylor Swift? What what was the thing that made you decide you could do it and you could do it professionally? It's so I just, I had a headshot. I mean, I should find it and like show it to you. But I had a headshot that everyone kept saying, "You look like Taylor Swift. You look like Taylor Swift," and and it's because it was just like this. Re- it was a really nice headshot. Now it was mm-hmm. just, I had this like real smirky look on my face, and I right. that's just what it was. That was that Taylor Swift smirk, and <laughs> I was just, I was finally like, well, because I know it. You know, tribute artists make a lot of money here if you do it right. Right. So I was finally like, well, let's give it a shot. Yeah. And, so, you know, and all you kind of do to, like, start, at least from what I understand, is you just start telling people you do it. Yeah. That's <laughs> pretty, so, pretty much how it is. Yeah. yeah and then just kind of wait for someone to hire you. Right. <laughs> so it's a, it's a big rigmarole to get into, you know. But, again, with Steve Byer, the agency here, mm-hmm. they love to hire uh, tribute artists for... They work NASCAR every year. Like he oh, yeah. does the entertainment for NASCAR in the Neon Garage, which is the part in the middle of the okay. track. So, and this is in Las Vegas at our Motor Speedway. They call it the Neon Garage. So, but there's live entertainment there the entire time, and they hire bands. He loves to hire tribute artists to go on in between the bands and perform. Okay. For like that makes sense. 10, 15 minutes. Right. Now are you uh, singing the tracks? Yeah. Okay. So they'll, while one band, it's really kind of a neat little setup. So they'll have a whole stage and while one band is switching off on the other side of the stage, a tribute artist is performing. So the crowd just like okay. runs to the other side of the stage and watches them for a minute and then they go back and watch the new band. That's so I cool. started do. that's kind of how I got my practice in was okay. I started doing that and I was just doing like 15 minute stints as Taylor and then in the meantime you would walk around, take pictures with people. Mm. And, you know, it was decent money, and I just had to come up with the costumes and take pictures and do 15 minutes here and there. And right. So that's kind of how I started mm-hmm. and kind of, like, geared up my repertoire a little bit. So I uh, tried to get some video down, and once I had some video, because, you know, you have to have promotional material. Oh, yeah. So yeah, once absolutely. I got some video, I was able to start booking bigger things. Right, and everything is video now. You know, like I said in another, uh, another video, you can't get away with audio anymore. Especially if it's a tribute. I mean, you really got to have the video. Yeah, so one of the things I started doing is I'll just take a bunch of different videos and just kind of dub a song over them. Right. But it's still video. <laughs> right, yeah, video, video is king in, when you're in the business of looking alike. Yeah, like they want to see what you look like and how you sound. And my first big Taylor gig was with you. Yeah. So we were talking yeah. about that the other day. <laughs> yeah, we went out to the, um, what was it, the Oak Grove in, in Alabama, I think it was. We all got excited. John Mayer had had shot his uh, live video there many years earlier. Mm-hmm. Shot the live album. We go, oh man, we're playing the Oak Grove Amphitheater. It's gonna be amazing. Twenty thousand people. We get there and we're playing in the in the parking lot <laughs> for the state fair. 
So uh, it was still a fun yeah. gig. I, I have a lot of great <laughs> memories from from that gig. Obviously, meeting you was a fantastic uh, part of that trip. <laughs> right. But um, yeah, so we didn't get the full John Mayer experience, but it was still pretty fun. We got to play in front of the uh, the wrestling ring and the woman shooting out of a cannon. It was. It was just like a little <laughs> junk stage set up in the state fair. Yeah. We drove by. Remember, we drove by the theater, and mm-hmm. we we're like. That's it. Yeah, yeah. He's not stopping at <laughs> the theater. And he's not stopping. What's, what's and he like <laughs> takes us. And we're like, we're not going to the. And he was like, no. Yeah. <laughs> like we so. were crazy. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So that. <laughs> but we we had a good time, as you can tell from all the all the laughter and smiles. And you know, all of us. <laughs> that was the first time we ever played Taylor Swift's music, either myself, or my band from California. Right. So it was, it was an experience. It was fun. I think, I think all in all, the show actually went pretty well. It was fun. Um, yeah. You know, I got I actually do have video from that, and it, mm. it's funny like watching like as the night happens, how people get crazier. And, oh yeah. Um, you know, but that was my first big show, and right. I was you know scared to death actually, but <laughs> um, we had a lot of fun, and they were so nice. It was funny though because your agent or well, both of our agent, he kept right. telling me you gotta gotta meet Brett. He's gonna right. take, you know he's the MD and he's gonna take care of you. It's gonna be fine. And I was like, we're not gonna rehearse. And he was like, <laughs> no. You're just gonna do it, and I was like, okay. Yeah, so often that's how it is in these in this business. At the time, uh, she was living in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Myself, and my band were all from California, and we were all meeting up to play in Alabama. Yeah. So this was self study all the way. I mean, we I rehearsed the band a few times because mm-hmm. we were all in California. But yeah, first time we ever did a note together was on stage, on in, stage. in front of a decent amount of people. <laughs> so, but that's part of being a professional. That preparation, you can do that on your it own. Is. You can come in and. Maybe there'll be rough spots here and there, but the thing is that only we really notice most of the rough spots unless there's a train wreck. Right. So it's something we can take forward in, into the future. But it, And uh, you're right. It's surprisingly normal, and, and now yeah. I do it all the time. Like, right. You just go in and bang it out, Yeah. and no questions asked. I did a gig like that, actually a Taylor gig the other night with, mm-hmm. um, we did tracks and a live band, oh, and wow. um, I just told you know the band what songs I was doing, I sent them the tracks. Told him the keys. I was actually asking right. him that oh, night. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. checking keys with you. And uh, yeah, they just got up there and did it. Yeah. So it was great. And it was great. You know, but they're professionals. That's what they do. Well, exactly. So. Exactly. It's all preparation. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah. Um, any any weird or funny stories about impersonating Taylor and mistaken identity or, or any of the other, I know you've done some other tributes as well, but any other, yeah. uh, any other funny stories? I mean, the thing is, I'm not... I don't think I look so much like her that people mistake me for her, but people okay. always people know who I'm supposed to be, you know. Right, right. Um, and she's a lot taller than me, so she is pretty tall, from what I understand. Yeah, and yeah. I think people know that. So, um, yeah, it's never. There was one day that I was backstage at Rock Vault, actually, and um, one of the technicians who loves country music was. I mean, he's kind of a you know interesting character anyway, but I was. Just going out, I'd taken all my hair extensions out and everything, mm-hmm. and I was leaving. My hair was, you know, straight as a board, and um, I was getting ready to leave. And he saw me from like across the stage, and he was like, "Taylor," <laughs> like yelling at me. And I was like, "Right, who?" <laughs> and he was like, "What are you doing here? Don't you have a show this weekend?" Because she was in town that weekend. Okay. And he straight up thought I was Taylor Swift from you know like back there. And he was wow. And I was like. And I was like, what are you talking about? And then he got closer and he was like, oh my God, SJ, I'm so sorry. Because <laughs> this guy knows me. Right, the guy you work with all the time. That's, that's pretty funny, actually. Yeah, he legit thought I was Taylor from over there. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Stop yeah. it. And he was like, you, 
I really thought you were Taylor Swift, and I didn't know why you were here. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Taylor Swift just showed up backstage at Rating the Rock. Ball. Right. But, I mean, wouldn't be all that weird. I'm sure you got people stopping by we all do. the time. But... We have stars coming in and out backstage yeah. all the time, so which is, you know, funny in its own self. But Oh, sure, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. One night we had a kid just wander up backstage, like, just speaking of weird stories. Um, yeah. There was a guy, you know, there's people backstage all the time that I don't know because I'm not uh, quite old enough to be, you know, super familiar with a lot of these people. And sure. they, um, so there's people backstage that I'm, and I don't want to ask who it is because it's embarrassing. Right, right. And I don't want to embarrass them either. So there's just always random people back there. And they'll just stand there and they'll be watching the show from backstage. And one night this like younger guy was. And so I just kind of assumed it was um, someone's nephew or right. cousin. I didn't know. And he stood there and watched and he was taping. He had a, you know, having a good time. Right. No one thought to ask who this guy was. It was literally <laughs> just a guy. Like wow. someone had wandered around and like gotten backstage, <laughs> past security, past everything. And was just standing there watching the yeah. show. I was like... What? I guess he was like a UNLV student. Okay. I would think the the cell phone video might be a red flag because I don't know. Last time I saw Bieber backstage, he didn't whip out a camera. Right. Okay, I've never seen Bieber backstage ever, but I'm just guessing he's probably not filming. Well, there is family members backstage somewhere sometimes. So, you know, I was, but it was just so funny. I was like, and then a little scary at the same time. Thanks a lot, security. Well, yeah. Well, that's (laughs) got to worry everybody, unfortunately. I know. But yeah. So, so with all this stuff you've done and, and, we haven't even touched on like the cover shows you do. Um, you know, obviously you were in Desert Outlaws, oh yeah, uh, which we were in together for a long time. The country band in town. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got a new duo starting up, yeah. doing cover music. So you got all this stuff, and you've done all these different gigs. You've sat in with all these different people. Is there one particular favorite gig out of everything you've done? One particular favorite gig you have, or or a favorite on stage memory, or something that really stands out? That's hard because they're all special for different reasons. Sure. You know. Um, there's things I love about everything, and I really love what I do, so it's hard to... I mean, really, like, this whole... The whole Writing the Rock Vault experience mm-hmm. has been the most gratifying. I can imagine, Because yeah. I've never been in a show where that the audience is just so excited to be there. A Vegas show, I should say. Right. Um, you know, because, like, the Terry Bradshaw experience was totally different, but... Oh, sure. Yeah, they, they are so appreciative of the music. And right. it's not a big, glitzy Vegas show. It's a concert, basically. Right. And the people out there are just, like, eating it up. And they're screaming their faces off. And they're clapping. Because you know how it is with country right. superstars. A lot of times they're sitting back in their chair. And they look like they hate their life. It's a different demographic. <laughs> For sure. And just, they clap because they have to. You know, because a lot of times right. they're half drunk and half asleep. Right. and Because the Vegas audiences are just different. It's true. But it's not like that at Rockfall. Like, everyone's just, like having a great time and people that's just awesome. genuinely love it. So that's kind of been my favorite experience just for that. And I mean, Terry Bradshaw was my favorite experience as well for similar reasons, but just getting to work with him and he's such a wonderful yeah. person that, you know, like he stands out to me a lot. Terry did some really wonderful things for my family personally. Really? So yeah, he, well, okay, I'll tell you. It's a really, <laughs> it makes me cry sometimes, but I'll tell you, but they, um, so my dad had cancer. Right. He had prostate cancer for a while. He got over that. And then uh, he found out he had lung cancer. Mm. And um, we just found out. And we didn't know anything about it. We didn't really know how to deal with it. And 
Terry, we had been in rehearsals, and Terry was about to fly to his ranch, which is like on the Texas-Oklahoma border. Okay. And my home is in Texas, and that's where my parents are. And they, he, I was going home to visit my dad, you know, just to like, be like, hey, what's up? How are you doing? You know, because he had just found out. And uh, Terry found out I was going, and he was like, oh, you want to come with me? Hmm. And I was like, what do you mean, come with you? And he was like, oh, I'll fly you there, so you don't have to buy a ticket. Wow. And I was like, wait, what? Yeah. (laughs) So he flew, he had already been in LA, he flew from LA, he stopped in Vegas to pick me oh, up. Wow. So I had to go to this like special private jet, <laughs> plane place, you know, airport, right. I guess that's what they're called, not plane yeah, places. plane place. <laughs> and I just, it was the weirdest thing, I walked out on the tarmac, I've never been on a private jet before. Right, yeah, a lot of people have, never have. No, and he, I got on the, the plane and they... Got my luggage. I said, what do you need? What do you need? I was like, it's fine. I'm a thing. But, you know, it was also like a really sad time because it was hard sure. to be excited about it because of the circumstances I was Right. For. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, um, like, I knew it was bad with my dad, but I didn't know how bad. And right. uh, so we, so yeah, he flew me home. And when we landed, they had a car waiting for me hmm. on the tarmac. And it was his car. Wow. His Mercedes on top of it. <laughs> and... It was like a brand new one. And he was like, take this car. Just drive it home. And I was like, wow. Wait, I was like, I have a long way to go. Because it was, you know, several hours. I was planning on taking a trip to Houston. Like, I was going to be driving a lot. Right. And he was like, no, this car needs miles put on it. Like, it needs Mm. to be driven. Take it. And I was. Wow. Okay. And and then I got in the car and I'm super like, I don't know how to drive a Mercedes. (laughs) I've never been in a Mercedes at this point. And I was like. How do I start the car? <laughs> like, how do I put it in gear? You know, and then those right. cars, they drive themselves basically. Yeah. Because they're just it's like, a fine automobile. They're so good. But then I'm like driving through Dallas traffic in this car and mm. it's like beeping and doing this and these things are coming on, these lights, like and I was like, What's happening? It's telling me I'm tired. I'm like, I'm not tired, I'm stressed. Right. <laughs> but oh, yeah, so yeah, he gave me this car to drive and then I at the end of the week I drove Back to the air, you know, I actually drove back to his home, okay. his ranch. He took care of me for the night. Like uh, his girlfriend at the time was there. They cooked me dinner. Wow. Showed me the ranch. Like, just really like made me feel at home, taken care of. He called my father on the phone. Wow. While I was home, talked to him, gave him a pep talk, like a way a coach would talk to you know the players. And, right. And my dad was just because <laughs> Terry Bradshaw. Yeah, exactly. And. Yeah, it was just wonderful. And then he flew me back to Vegas. Hmm. And it was, but he just was, I can't imagine how much that kind of stuff costs. Like, I don't even have it. I couldn't even venture a guess. So, I mean, that's like my favorite memory, if you want to ask for a memory, because, right. you know, he just, you know, I could have bought my own plane ticket and I could have rented a car and I could have done all those things, but he went out of his way to like do something good for someone he cared about. And, right. And he did. He cared about every single one of us so much and like took care of us. And if he ever got to do anything for us, he would. And wow. he did. And that made that experience really special. And that ended up being the last time I saw my dad. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. So that's a, that's a really big thing. Yeah. It was huge. So, so he, um, wow. yeah, it's a really special memory for me. Well, sure. And there you go. Terry Bradshaw, four yeah. Super Bowl rings and a great dude. <laughs> yeah. Super nice. <laughs> but yeah, so lots of good memories and, you know. But shows, honestly, the gig we just played recently <laughs> yeah, is my craziest gig story. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good story. There is, uh, out in Southern California, there's a nudist colony. 
that has uh, hired me for a couple of years of bringing a band. We are not nude. <laughs> for the record, we are not allowed to be nude. I know. And uh, and I try to bring... I was a little bummed about that. Yeah, I don't know what's up with that. But <laughs> it's in the rules. And I, I like to hire some different people to go out there and work because it is such a unique experience. And, and really, it's what is weird about it, I'm sure you'll back me up on this, is at a certain point, it's just not weird. Yeah. Like, you just hit a point after maybe 10 or 15 minutes where you're like, all right, well, everyone's nude. And, uh, this is what we're doing. So it's like a regular gig, but they're nude. So, yeah. <laughs> but it is, yeah. Especially the first time you do that gig, it is kind of a wild gig for sure. I just it cracked me up so much, like yeah. the, you know, because it was country themed. So right, they were country themed. Mm-hmm. A lot of uh, people boots. wearing just hats and boots. Yeah, mm-hmm. belt buckles, but no pants. My favorite was a vest, mm-hmm. just a denim vest. Yeah, <laughs> just a solitary denim vest. <laughs> But that so, cracked me up so much. That, oh, whole, yeah. that whole experience was so funny. Yeah. <laughs> Let that be a lesson. You find the hidden gigs. You never know where you're going to find a gem. That place pays pretty fair and uh, and it's always a good time. And so. you keep going back. I do. I'm booked so. there another six times this year with different band configurations. It's yeah, crazy. three pieces and four pieces and all that. I had heard about the first time that they did it and I was like, I need to do this gig. <laughs> so I was so glad I got to do it. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's a blast. <laughs> yeah. So, in general, what advice would you give to any aspiring musician, singer, actor, dancer, any of the things you do, any specific advice for um, people getting into tributes or, or anything like that? I I mean, I think you got to put the work in and keep putting the work in. Right. Because the second you get lazy is when you lose, when you lose your footing. Right. I find. So, and like I said, go to the auditions. Like, I go to every audition, whether I need to or not. And that's why I've been able to continuously work. Right. Is, you know, I've been, you know, this is the first time I've been without a show for any length of time. Right, right. And it's, you know, that's because I go to auditions whether I need to or not. You know, when I auditioned for Rating the Rockfall, I was already in a show. I was dancing my face off in three different shows at the time. Right. And I still went to that audition because I thought, hey, it might pay better. Right. So you always have that, and you can always use that as leverage, you know, if you need to. And um, other thing is, too, like, at least with shows, is you never know when they're going to close. Yeah. So I've had a lot of show closings last year in Vegas. It's getting real bad mm-hmm. in that respect. And they can close right under your nose. I mean, it happened with me recently with Cherry Boom Boom. I showed up right. to work, and we did not have a show that night. Yeah. So. And they spend so much in marketing, and there's still so many Cherry, Bill, uh, Cherry Boom Boom billboards. And yeah, just laying around. Open and close. Well, how long was it open? Not even a month. That's unfortunate. Isn't it? Not even month. We rehearsed for three months. Yeah, and that's the <laughs> way. It, that's rehearsing. the way it is sometimes. Yeah, you know, it's unfortunate, but that's you got to roll up the punches. That's why I agree hundred percent. Go to every audition, mm-hmm. whether you need it or not. Yeah, and I would say the same you with know? bands. Like if you have the opportunity to establish yourself with a band, go play with them. You know, I just I booked a a random gig through a friend with a new band I've never played with. That's coming up right. here in March and. I was like, hey, this is great, because you never know, like, down the road, their singer may leave. And, right, oh, absolutely. And then they'll maybe come to me. You know, you just never know. So just keep your eyes open and keep your head in the game. And I think, too, like, watch. Like, look right. around you and see who's see who's working. Like, why, and try to figure out why they're working. Yeah. You know, what about them is, you know, better than you. Right. Like, I do that constantly, you know, and it's hard, because you got to do a lot of self-analyzing. Sure. But, you know, you got to be willing to sit there and compare yourself. And Right. Some people would say the opposite. They would say, don't compare yourself. You do you. But I find that, you know, you've, you know, you've, you want to fit into a market, fit into the mm-hmm. market. <laughs> right. Yeah. If you want to stand alone and, and be completely your own thing. Right. You can do that. I know people that have done it, but you have mm-hmm. a longer, harder road than, um, 
I don't want to say conforming, but with but with doing what the current job currently entails. Yeah. So sometimes we've been in bands, and I know this happened a lot when I was doing original music, where we were like just a little too ahead of the curve. Mm-hmm. So then the curve got there, and we were on to another thing, and then people looked <laughs> back, and were like, well, you guys did that thing back then. Well, yeah, we did. Right. But uh, So it's constantly evolving. You don't want to be too far ahead of the curve. Don't, don't want to be too far doing your own thing. Right. You do want to find a way to, to take a unique spin, because I found that's, yes. in a lot of cases, there's two things that contribute to people that, that work more than others. Mm-hmm. And tell me if you agree or not. I don't think as much of it is, is talent. Um, a lot of it is attitude. But it really comes down to uh, being the contact, being in front of people, mm-hmm. being a, a friendly person. And uh, just constantly working to learn more songs and uh, yes. just looking to evolve in that respect. And I, I think that's what keeps a lot of people uh, doing it. Yeah, I agree with that completely. You know, the attitude is huge. Attitude. And then, like, looks to a degree. Like, you have to know how to, like, play the game with the the whole the looks thing. But, yeah, keeping learning new new material. When a band gets stagnant and they don't, they just play, they play the same songs for years. I mean, we know a band right. that does that. Um <laughs> You lose footing. Right. And people stop paying attention to you. Yeah, so, absolutely. You know, don't so, yeah. let yourself get bored. Right. You know, and I think too, like having the uniqueness, like you said, like once you, you know, I'm saying like, you know, pay attention to who, who's working, but you know, find your market, find a way to fit in, but then find a way to make yourself stand out after right. that. But not, you know, but in your own way. Right. You know? Yeah, image is a big thing too. I, I have I've personally lost a lot of gigs because of image over the years, or I should say, not gotten the gigs mm. uh, because of image. So it is true to uh, to do something unique Me too. <laughs> and uh, right. And and the thing is with with being unique, a lot of cases um, with musicians, the uniqueness is going to be in the look. Because I have this philosophy that I've discussed in earlier episodes, where mm-hmm. once you cross that threshold and you become a professional you already have a certain talent level. Mm-hmm. So it's like anybody above that line, the talent is not really going to separate them. You know, so you look right. at things like having a having a unique look and, mm-hmm. uh, and a unique style. Not something I'm an expert on. Maybe I'll get an image <laughs> expert in here on the show one day. I don't know. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I think those are all great points. Yeah. Thank you so much for doing this. Yeah, it's been fantastic sitting and talking with you. That's Letting fun. all these people know the things I've got to know about you over the last couple of <laughs> years. So again, I this is Sarah Jessica Rhodes. Do you have anything you want to plug or promote or? Yeah, if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's uh, the Sarah Jessica, and um, my YouTube channel doesn't have a lot, but I'm Sarah Jessica Rhodes on YouTube, and um, yeah, follow me if you want and catch up with uh, what I'm doing. My band is Desert Outlaws. You can find us on Twitter too and on Facebook. Well, very cool. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for joining us today. This is the Blue Collar Musician. Again, this is Brett Cohen. You can find me at brettcohenmusic.com and all the social medias at brettcohenmusic. Also, make sure you hit subscribe on this channel so that you don't miss out on anything like these great interviews and and conversations. (laughs) So, once again, thank you so much. Have a great day.